I'm your host, Linda Antwi. I almost didn't make a show today, you guys, because I have been 100% engrossed all day, all day. I did a Netflix and chill all day uh, with Young, Famous, and African, and that show has brought me so much joy. I got so caught up. I, w- I almost forgot, like, oh, I haven't watched this episode yet of Before the 90 Days, and then I watched it, and, you know, you guys, you guys make me do my show my show on the day of and so i'm gonna be coming in hot because this episode season five episode 14 disappearing act had me hate watching that's all i can say it had me completely hate watching what up geo had me completely hate watching and i'm just not impressed with a lot of things so i guess i'm going to talk about it and i this disclaimer is i'm coming in hot Hey, Mandy. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Better Days. I'm coming in hot because, listen, first of all, I just want to say for the record, and I know I've said it before, but why is it that we even got introduced to Ella and Johnny? There's one more episode before the tell-all. We they've, they've not met. He gives away on social media that they won't meet, hopefully, fingers crossed, till June of 2022. So why did I spend over, like, 30 hours watching you two and watching her talk shit and, like, be super just whiny and privileged and all the things? Like, I'm just like, why did... And we didn't meet them till, like, episode six. Them and Mahogany, like, (laughs) what the hell? Anyhow, the other thing that uh, is a bit annoying to me um, is, so is there only going to be Gino and Jasmine and Memphis and Hamza that actually make it in the sense that they get get the proposal and all of that stuff? What up, C-Cruise? Hey, Megan. Crystal says, yeah, Ella and Johnny were kind of a waste. Like, give me more backstory. Give me more of the travel component. Give me more of the cultural component. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need all the extra nonsense if it's for nothing. Because really, I feel like it was for nothing, like Crystal said. Like, what do we waste time getting to know them when really they don't even meet? So what What before? What before the 90 days? There's no before. All right. Whew, got that out of my system. Let's talk about Jasmine and Gino. They wake up, they have another argument, and you guys, this is like the never-ending season. You know what I mean? This is episode 14, but I feel like we've been on this season for like a year. It just feels very long. And then I remember that this trip was only like three weeks. Only three weeks, but even this relationship in the three weeks that they met in real life for the first time seems much longer Anyways, they woke up. Another day, another argument. Um, she's still mad about the naked pictures being published or potentially being threatened to be published. 
and she doesn't feel like he feels sorry enough about the situation. And he also is not understanding where she's coming from because it's a big deal to her. Now, she's also mad that she feels like he's a liar, right? That he lies about all the things. So he lied about the pictures. Now he's, he lied about this trip with his ex-girlfriend to Legoland that happened like six years ago, all the things. And I'm just like, if you think he's a liar and you guys have only spent three weeks together in paradise and like what... I don't understand why you decide to like move it forward. Let this be a, a vacay bay and call it a day. But then you continue to say that you just love him so much for all the things. And it's confusing to me. So she hasn't seen him all day for hours and hours and hours. Morning has become night. She feels bad because she knows that he's in pain too. Gino's upset because Jasmine doesn't trust him. And he's and she's continuously punishing him. But I'm like, okay, but then stop lying, stop lying, and stop doing shitty, shady things, and then she'll trust you. Do you know what I'm saying? It's very bizarre. If you don't, if she sends you pictures and you send them to someone else to make them jealous, stop doing that and stop lying, and then she'll trust you, and there won't be an issue. But you're mad because you feel like she's continuously punishing you. Well, she's punishing you, Gino, because she continues to find out things that you continue to do that she doesn't like. <sighs> then he said that it's so extra that I cannot stand. I can't stand this. And I'm going to tell you why I can't stand it. He feels like he's being attacked. Okay. Now, attacked is such a, a loaded word right? He's continually being attacked. And I find with the show that they use that like attacked or that stereotype for any of the immigrant women. Gino, you're not being attacked. You're being confronted and you're being confronted by your bad behavior. And there's a complete difference. You would know if she was attacking you. You want to know if she was going to attack you when the producer pulled her off of you when she was a, when she snatched that hat off of your head and she was coming for your throat then that's the one time that she was potentially attacking you every other time she's just confronting you on your bullshit and she doesn't like it so she's calling you out on it so let's not have the loaded words where you're you feel like you're being attacked and you're the victim Gino you're the one that's causing the issues in my opinion and that is why you're having a problem. Then he says, because she's constantly attacking me, it's getting on my nerves. Well, you know what? Who's getting on my nerves right now? You. You're getting on my nerves right now because you're not acknowledging your component and your part in all of the nonsense. <clears throat> Crystal says, before the 90 days is becoming a lot like the other way where these couples come on with no real plan to get engaged on the other way. Those people know they aren't really moving. <laughs> hey, pineapple express, you're new pineapple express says attacked is so racialized and white people love to weaponize the word. Woof. Uh, Graciela says, he thinks he's right and okay. That's why he perceives to be attacked. No accountability. 
And Gio, Gio, you want to come on and talk about this? I'll send you a link. Just like last time, I'll send you a link. <laughs> come talk. Oh, you didn't watch the episode, though, I think. Hi, Dasha. I think you didn't watch the episode, so you probably can't come and talk about it. So, <clears throat> anywho. She has doubts because he lies, and we all know that he lies because we've seen him lie. We've seen him continue to lie, and it's, again, only been three weeks. Even though, you guys, it feels, doesn't it feel like, can someone in the live chat put a hand up and say you agree with me? But doesn't it feel like we've watched their relationship for more than three weeks? It feels like a year. It's so, it's been a long time. It feels like. Am I the only one that feels that way? Anyway, she starts crying. She doesn't want to give up on him. She loves him. Doesn't want to lose him. She needs him. He's her best friend, her support system. And she loves that he's weird and creepy and sweet and intelligent and all the things. And I was like, but he's not a good communicator. And, and you guys know what I say about relationships. You have to, you have to be able to communicate. You have to talk about sex and be on the same page with sex. You have to talk about children and where you are with children. You have to talk about religion and where you are with religion. And you have to talk about money and then come to find out that I watched the sneak peek for last week and Gino wants a prenup. Listen, I don't know how y'all feel about prenups. I think they're absolutely fine. Do what you got to do. Post up, do what you got to do. But what you're not about to do, Gino, is destroy her career by sending out these naked photos. Now she ain't got no job. And then bring her to America. And if shit hits the fan, then she's going to be alone. Because guess what? At the end of the day, you're still going to be resp financially responsible for her for many years to come. So does it even make sense to want a prenup that you haven't mentioned knowing that you screwed up so much already and that you know that this is going to set her off. Does it make sense to say, hey, you know what, by the way, I want a prenup? Makes no sense to me. Because if she comes to America, you are financially responsible for her. And the rules have changed. Before it was 10 years, you are responsible for her until that person gets married or they become a naturalized citizen. So then what? I don't what okay. So then they sit, they make up, she loves him, he loves her, they're besties, all the things. And they just want to have a clean slate. And she wants to make sure that he knows that she he doesn't want her as an ex because that will be like detrimental to him. All the things. They have their whole moment. He does his to camera, you guys. And literally my note says FFS. And if you know what FFS stands for, I was like, is he crying? And don't get me wrong. I'm all about men showing their emotions and communicating. But I was like, what is he crying about exactly? Cause I, I'm not clear. What do you, why is he crying? Oh, because 
He didn't think that they were going to make it. I didn't think you were going to make it. Y'all fought for three weeks. Then you bought a cheap-ass $200 ring, which we can talk about later. And everyone is telling me, you know, it doesn't matter about how much the ring costs. It's about the gesture and all the things, and the symbol of love, all the things. But, like, he specifically went for the cheapest ring. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Gio, thank you so much for this super chat. Gio said, get that prenup. Gio, I hate you right now. You got to come back on the show because you make me laugh so very much. And guys, if you haven't checked out our panel from last week, you've missed out. It's absolutely up on our page. You got to come check Gio out and some of his uh, responses to the new cast of 90 Day Fiance. So <clears throat> he's crying. And I'm, I'm just confused. What are you exactly are you crying about? Because I just, I don't understand it. And if someone in the live chat can explain to me why he was crying, that would help me immensely. Because I'm just like, what, what, what are you upset about? You're the one that has caused most of the problems. You know, your woman is super like a jealous type. You know, she's like emotional. You know that she's like going to be that person. You know that. And yet you still continue to act up. So what are you crying about, Gio? He's just a crybaby. Facts. Facts. So there's five days left on their trip uh, before he has to go back to uh, America. They've both decided that they're going to have a fresh start. Um, so they're going to go to a hot springs. Y'all, did you watch this with me and watch the nonsense? First of all, he pat and I, I've talked about this before because I just don't understand what's in the suitcases. He has two huge suitcases plus a bunch of other bags and a plastic bag and all the things. But I've, I've seen the same three outfits over and over again. And maybe it's like a thousand hats. I don't know. But it's the hat thing. So they go to this. Can you imagine? Okay, picture this. I want you guys to close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Close your eyes. And listen to the sound of my voice, okay? Your eyes are closed. You're in this tropical getaway. And you're with the person that you absolutely love, that you're attracted to, that you only have three weeks with. Considering all the time you may or may not have spent alone in the pandemic, this is a beautiful moment. You drive through the Amazon and you come to this beautiful hot springs. The hot springs is surrounded by foliage and your significant other takes off their shirt or puts on their bathing suit and they look so amazing to you and you're gonna have a moment you get into the hot springs everyone open your eyes you open your eyes and this fool has a hat on in the middle of the hot springs <laughs> pineapple express thank you so much for the super sticker <laughs> I have my eyes closed, so I didn't see it right away. 
Okay. Why, y'all? Honestly, why? Why am I in this beautiful, sexy hot springs looking at Gino looking like a fool with a hat on, no shirt on? She's got this sexy leopard print bikini on or bathing suit, whatever. And this fool is wrecking the moment for me because he can't bear to take his hat off. You can't take your hat off in the hot springs for real, for real. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and just shave that last little piece of hair off at the back of your head. Or we're going to send you to one of those like surgical people that like tattoo the, the hair back on your head. But what we're not about to do is we're not about to watch another season where you don't take your hat off. I just can't. By the way, you should lead recorded meditations. Your voice is very relaxing just right now. <laughs> I've actually heard that before. I've heard that I should do voiceovers. Um, yes, Crystal, let's send them to David's hair doctor. Let's do that. Because what we're not about to do is watch another full season with this freaking ridiculous hat on. You went into the hot springs with your hat on. Just wrecked the whole mood for me. It wasn't sexy to me at all. I, I was too busy wondering, like, first of all, where are all your clothes? Because I see the same outfit all the time. And then the second of all, you're going to wreck this sexy moment where she's, like, hugging up all on you, having a whole moment you guys just made up, and your friggin' hat is in the way? <sighs> Stop it. Christina, facts. She says, I truly don't understand why he's clinging to that back patch. Facts. And you're not fooling anyone, Gina, with your hat on. And then we just see a little bit of hair here. Like, you're not fooling anyone. Anyhow. She's super funny because she gets in and she's like, oh, my gosh, she's getting her hair wet. And I can totally relate. She's like, oh, my God, I'm sinking from my hair extensions. They're too heavy. Help me. Help me. She says as she's drowning in the hot springs. That was hilarious to me. Hilarious. <sighs> Listen, Donna, if he dared, if he dared brought one of his stupid baseball hats for them to get married, that would be a hot mess. Like someone would be left at the at the altar for facts. So <clears throat> they get back to uh the hotel and they get dressed up to have like a, a moment, I suppose. I'm, I'm not sure exactly where they were go going. And they're walking in the rain, rain, walking in the rain, walking in the rain. I don't know how it goes, but I know it's singing in the rain, singing in the rain. I think that's the song. Whatever. You get my point. So they're walking in the rain and... I loved her outfit, you guys, the pink and black outfit. I thought she looked beautiful, flowing dress, skirt, whatever. But I was confused by the open-toe shoes, and you guys know that I get distracted by weird stuff. That was one of the things. Like, y'all clearly saw it was raining because you brought this big-ass umbrella, but you decided that it wasn't raining enough that you needed a closed-toe shoes. But, you know, I'm from Vancouver where it rains, you know, 90% of the time. So it wouldn't make sense for me to wear open toe shoes for no reason. 
Just said. Distracted me. So, <sighs> they walk. Umbrella's not working for her or, or something, she says. All of a sudden, Gino gets down on one knee and does this proposal. Now, you guys, as I talk about the proposal, I really do want you guys to tell me what you thought in the live chat, what you thought about his proposal. Okay, what did you think of the proposal? Was it beautiful? Was it a moment that they shared? Because I'm going to talk about what I saw. So, Gino gets down on one knee and he's like, Ever since uh, I met you on March 8th, uh, we had an amazing connection together. Um, but you make me feel very loved and you, um, you make me the happiest man I've ever been. So Jasmine, will you marry me? I, uh, I kind of didn't think it was sexy, y'all. I kind of felt like he could have pulled that off with less um, um, um. And maybe he was nervous. Don't get me wrong. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like Maybe he was nervous and that was what was going on there. But I just felt like it was... It was like, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was okay proposal. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Are they going to remember it for the rest of their lives? Probably because it was raining. Right. And then the whole like the ring and like he's he's looking at the ring and he's holding it out. But he's saying a bunch of words that like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares about the words? Like, I don't know. I was not impressed. <sighs> Crystal says Jasmine looked good in the rain. That's all it gave. And Megan says, it was awkward as fuck. A very Gino moment. That's it. That's what it was. He made the, that's exactly what it was, Megan. He made the engagement even awkward. Do you know? Like, uh, uh, come on. So, <clears throat> Jasmine, will you marry me? There's like a commercial break or something. I was distracted. All I know is when I came back, she said, Gino, of course. Yes. And then they hug. They don't even kiss, y'all. They don't even kiss. They hug. They have this weird, awkward, like, hug. And he grabs her neck a little bit. And, like, it's like, oh, uh. the whole thing was just, it was too awkward for me. I was like, you guys can't even kiss romantically and passionately in this moment. You're going to have this weird awkward hug <laughs> it just was, it was too much for me but here's the thing that i'm going to tell you and we can talk about in news and gossip my patreon subscribers but that slip y'all and i'm giving this to you guys for free that slip that gino had where he said we got married was not a mistake they are married they are married they are married. They've been married for some time now. And I will go out there and just give this as a freebie to y'all because I'm just feeling like dropping facts. She's living in America with him right now. And so when you see her, her at the gym at Planet Fitness, Planet Hollywood, whatever they call it, it's because she's already here. They're already married, been married, 
done married, been married, all the stuff. They are married. She lives in America already. It's a wrap. So that Freudian slip was a real talk. That was him telling you guys, telling on themselves before he was supposed to be telling on themselves. That's why she whipped her head around and said, oh, no, Gina just proposed to me. And he's like, and she said, yes. So she goes on to say that love isn't logical, that she knows that they're toxic sometimes but they're in love. And I was like, that just all sound, doesn't that all sound wrong? Yes, love can be illogical. It should never be toxic. But y'all are going to roll with it because you're in love? Because you've invested 10 months online and three weeks in person where you guys didn't even get along for the whole entire three weeks? But it's a good idea to get married? Because you love each other? And even when you say you love each other, you say that one of you says that that person is weird and cre- and creepy. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, you guys. It's very odd to me. Um, so then they start talking about the ring. And... He's like, do you like the ring? And she's like, uh, yeah, I like it, which is BS. You could tell she didn't like the ring. But then she says, but I don't know if it's a diamond or not. Gino had the audacity. You guys remember when he went to buy the ring? Do we all remember that? Because I remember it very clearly. He had an array of rings in front of him, and he decided to choose the cheapest yellow gold ring that he could find. He didn't ask if it was a real diamond. He was just like, what, even if it's 290 or 270, I'm going with the 270 one because it's cheapest. And then he even tried to trick the salesperson and be like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know which ticket was that it was. Was it 290 or 270? I think it was 270. And then the guy was like, nah, this one was 270. Okay, well, I'm going to go with that. But he turns around and says that it was the best. It looked the best to him out of all the rings that he looked at. No, Gino, that's a lie. It was the cheapest ring that you could find because you didn't want to spend a lick of money on a ring. Let's be real. He goes on to say that he feels like he's the luckiest man ever, that she's one in a billion, and they're on their way the first step of their journey to America. Okay. Facts. Facts. Crystal says he went to the pawn shop. (laughs) Okay. Kimberly and Isman. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I just don't understand why Usman thinks he's the prize. And I said it at the top of the show, if you guys want a new reality show that has a little bit of oomph and spark to it, and if you really want to know about American, not American, African 
artists, like real ones, ones that have like millions and millions of followers that are like actual international superstars, I highly recommend that you go check out on Netflix. It just dropped on Netflix, Young, Famous, and African. You will understand what Usman is trying to be. You will understand what Usman is not by watching this show. Okay. He's like, he's like the broke ghetto version of an international African superstar. <sighs> See, Crystal said the same thing. The folks of young, famous, and African are who Usman wants to be. Facts. Facts. And the simple fact that he says international superstar all makes sense to me now watching the show because he's just not that. And someone who has to tell you that they're an international superstar and they're not, it just says a lot to me. It just says a whole lot to me. <clears throat> so, are they open the scene beautifully? I definitely want to go to Tanzania. Um, horses in the ocean. I've done that, by the way. I did that in Jamaica, and it was amazing. Riding horses in the ocean was amazing. So anyways, Usman wants to leave. Uh, he feels like their relationship is not in a good place, which I thought was a funny thing to say because you guys have been in a relationship for less than 24 hours. So, like, how did you go from zero to zero in less than 24 hours? You guys have been talking for 10 months, allegedly, and for the first two weeks of this trip, you're like, oh, that's just my fan, just my fan. You finally do the deed, become boyfriend and girlfriend. Less than 24 hours, you guys have broken up. So relationship not being a good place is definitely the understatement of the year. <clears throat> so his friends, well, I guess his assistant and his manager I don't know who they are. I call them his friends. He's telling them that, hey, you know, I laughed at her. She threw water at him. And then he has an attitude about it. Like, he's mad. He's mad that she had an attitude with him. She, he's mad that she... Okay. He's mad that she threw water in his face and cussed him out. He has an attitude because she cussed him out. And he doesn't know what he wants to do in this relationship. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Because all of the mixed signals that you've been giving this woman from the jump, all the free stuff that she's bought you, that she's so loyal and she loves you and she puts you on a pedestal, all that stuff. And you're, you're mad that when she, you laughed in her face, she threw water in your face. Listen, listen, y'all listen, Linda, honey, listen. If it was me, and it would never be me in that situation, but if it was me, okay, you're lucky, and you would have been lucky if I just threw the water at you and walked away, okay? Friends say that they're not surprised, and then this is the part, you guys, that when I said I fell out, I fell out of laughter. His friend Badmus, who's his manager, said, all concerned. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if, like, someone was there with their video, their camera phone, and videoed it and uploaded it? That could affect his musical career. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> Stop it. What? Stop it. What musical career? Again, what EP? He's got like three songs. They're auto-tuned the fuck out. So who, what big scandal is it going to make on Entertainment Tonight or, or uh, I don't know, like any of the news or TMZ, whatever. What big scandal is it going to be that they show Usman getting water thrown in his face? Stop it. Stop it. First of all, I challenge y'all. I challenge you. I challenge you wherever you live in the world. I challenge you to walk out anywhere you are tomorrow and ask them, do you know who Soldier Boy is? And guaranteed, 100% of the time, they're going to think it's Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy. That Soldier Boy. And not international Nigerian superstar Soldier Boy spelt soldier boy stop it they're not gonna know who he is so no one's gonna care the only way that video said fictional video would have ever gotten any type of airtime is if they thought it was the other soldier boy okay it's the only thing and then they would look at him and be like who the fuck is this what, what who and on to the next stop playing with this video would have his musical career. <sighs> okay. So then he goes on to explain why he's mad at Kimberly. So he tells his friends that she got everything that she wanted. And he's curious if he's being fooled and he's just confused by the situation. And then the friends are like, hey, you know what? We said this from the jump. We don't think you're compatible. The one friend was super rude, like, oh, you're not compatible with this old woman. First of all, don't don't throw Kimberly under the bus because she's older. Throw Soldier Boy, if anyone, under the bus because it's clear he targets a specific type of woman. And that specific type of woman tends to be older and white. So... If anyone, if you want to talk shit about anyone, talk about your boy. Okay? What you're not about to do is say that you're not compatible. Clearly, Usman thinks that something is compatible or he wouldn't continue to go after that specific type of woman. He then says something that just irritated, irritated me. So he talks about how Kimberly, all men are looking for this type of women. And Kimberly has been loyal, supportive, and loving. Then says this. Okay. Does she deserve my love? This is where I was like, why in God's name does he think he's the prize? In what universe is Soldier Boy the prize? Because I have yet in all the seasons that we've seen him, I've yet to look at him like, ooh, that's a prize. You're you're really getting a catch there. He's got a lot of skills. He's very respectful. He's very loving. He's none of those things. So I'm just curious. What exactly is the prize here?
Hey, political troll. Political troll says that water was nothing compared to wish hitting Ari with the wine. Facts. That whole bottle of wine. Facts. And Pineapple Express says that red wine facial. I can't wait for it. It was a lot. It was a lot. So there's that. We flash over to Kim, who's still packing. And if you guys remember where we left off last week, she was packing her bag. So she's still packing. She's still in a robe. And it's it's funny because someone mentioned to me today, isn't it interesting how Kimberly and Lisman are constantly in the robes? Like, they that's all they wear, the robes all day, every day. Like, more than anyone we've seen who's ever stayed at a hotel on 90 Day Fiance. So she's packing her robe. She says, quote, I know it's over. And she's ready to go home and she's ready to like just leave. If she can get a flight out that night, she's ready to leave. But then all of a sudden she gets a text from him. Meet me on the beach. She's like, oh, I'm so nervous. What should I do? I go, oh, when should I meet you? And he's like, now. So you went from definitely saying it's over and you're leaving to getting a random text from the dude that you're fighting with who. Set, called you a potential and never a girlfriend. And when you were the girlfriend, you were only a girlfriend for less than 24 hours. And then he's going to tell you, come to the beach and you're going to just drop everything and go. I just was like, I, okay. Okay, Kimberly, that's what we're going to do. If we're going to just be like, oh, I'm desperate for whatever attention is thrown my way, then we can do that. But can we talk about that, y'all? Can we talk about that? I just really feel like people should know their worth. This fool is not in, into her at all. He doesn't want to be with her at all. And she is a, a beautiful soul and a giving person. And you can tell that she's a caring individual. And I just feel like, hey, like, why is she settling for someone who clearly doesn't want to be with her i just i don't get it i don't get it know your worth so she says how she wanted him to prove prove your love for me prove it in a grand gesture she gets to the beach there are flowers there a table that's wrapped in red linens etc and he comes out singing. And when I say he comes out singing, one moment. He comes out singing. And I, for one, am not impressed. Okay, so he's got his phone out and he's 100% auto-tuned all the way out. And this is his big romantic gesture. And, and I could be wrong. If you all felt it was romantic, please let me know. But <clears throat> you say, you say, don't play, don't play. You say, don't play, don't play. Kimberly, Kimberly, 
Okay. That was really terrible, right? <laughs> you say. I'm the worst. I'm the worst performer. My songs are ridiculous. But you say, you say, don't play, don't play. And then says, that was her private concert. She's impressed. She's convinced now that he loves her. That was the grand gesture. And guess what? They hug. They don't kiss. They hug. Thanks for using. Thanks for using. Bye for now. I was like, there was nothing romantic about this whatsoever. C. Cruz, thank you so much for the super sticker. Appreciate you. It wasn't a private concert. It wasn't romantic. They didn't kiss. They had this weird little hug, just kind of like weird hug like Jasmine and Gino did. Um, and then he tells her that he just really wants to work it out and move forward together. He wants her to meet his mom. And he was just really hurt because she cursed him out and threw the water at him. Uh, okay. Okay, whatever. But then they do share a kiss at the very end. And she thanks him, which I thought was really a weird moment. Like, so he's holding kisses over you now. So now anytime he shows you any type of affection, you're going to thank him. What? What? Facts. Facts. Listen, y'all. I don't. I didn't see. I don't see the connection there. I don't see it. I don't see him really trying to be in a real relationship with her. I don't see it. And you guys might see it differently. I don't see it. I see someone who's trying to make their music career bigger than it is, and using our ninety-day platform in order to get airtime. That's what I see, and I'm not feeling it at all. <laughs> Dash just said a little peck with his mouth tightly sealed. <laughs> Crystal said, MJ's been gone too long. Kim forgot what a real concert is. Okay. On to Hamza and Memphis. Hamza and Memphis. Celebrations have started. The wedding is tomorrow and Memphis is MIA. Hamza's confused as he should be. He doesn't know where she went. He doesn't understand what's going on. He's just super confused. All he knows is that his fiance was there one minute, gone the next minute, and she didn't explain anything, which I feel was wrong of her. She should have at least said, hey, this is what's going on with me. I need some space. I need to understand you know, what's going on. But she didn't do all of that. She just packed her bags and was like, peace out. So anyways, she leaves for the hotel and 
she took time to reflect whether or not she's making the right decision. Um, she, Hans' sister sent over part of the celebration video and it really touched her. And so now she's even more confused than ever. And my question, you guys, is, okay, so first of all, it's clear that she wanted a prenup. It's clear. And I talked about this last week and I'm going to say it again this week. I don't understand why she didn't prepare for this trip for that. If it was so, so important to you, less lingerie shopping, more let's go to a lawyer and let me get this prenup drafted up real quick. I don't understand. Okay. This whole situation could have been avoided had you planned. And it's clear that she's a planner. You know, she's a nurse practitioner. It's clear that she knows the things she should have, should do. The second thing that's confusing to me is that her kids are so important to her. You would think that she would want her kids to be a part of the wedding ceremony and, and meet him before she brings this rando over to live with them. So I, I'm sure it costs a ton of money, but maybe that last week that you're getting married, you bring your kids over and, and at least have some interaction to your new husband. Like, it's cu curious to me. It's, it's curious. Like, the planning of it all doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Like, you're so worked up about a prenup that you want to protect your children, protect your children, but then you're bringing this rando dude who doesn't work doesn't have a job, doesn't drive, has never lived on his own, and he's supposed to be the pseudo-parent figure for the children that you're so desperately trying to protect? I just, I don't, I don't get it. Anyway, she's conflicted. She wants to marry Hamza, but her children come first, she says. Um, she wants to give them the life that she didn't have, and so she's just really confused. And again, I'm confused. I'm confused. So she goes back to the house, the apartment, middle of the celebrations. Usually we find out that usually the celebrations are five-day celebrations, which I would have loved to, again, heard more about, right? Because how often do we get to see this part of the culture? But because of her time frame in the three weeks that she's, has there they don't have enough time to do five day um celebrations so they're doing two days but she wants to be able to have a conversation with hamza about this post nut but there's the whole family there and they're all celebrating and as soon as she showed up they started celebrating her they were all happy to see her all the things um and they start dressing her and what I'm going to say, and I'm probably saying it wrong, but I think it was called a safari, uh, which was part of the traditional outfit for the day. And like, there was like this beautiful gold chain thing around her face, horse drawn carriage. They're having a spa day at a bathhouse, uh, which is called Hemen, uh, which they have this cleansing ritual and pampering the fiance and it was quite beautiful and all the women were involved. Um, it was quite beautiful. Like I loved seeing that part and you could tell in her eyes that she loved being part of it as well. Um, and she even said that she's feeling loved by his family. 
And especially for someone who's been neglected, like she has been growing up in foster care and not feeling loved and not feeling surrounded and supported and all the things you could tell in her face, like she was just really enjoying being loved and appreciated and cared on, which I thought was a beautiful thing. So back to the house. Um, Memphis calls her mom, Deborah, and tells her mom about the alarming news that she can't get a prenup, but she can get a postnup. And the mom's like, no. And I was like, why are you actually calling your mom? Like, I'm not, I'm not being an asshole, but you've even said that you're not that close to your mom and you already have a tumultuous situation with her. So like, why would you call her for any type of advice anyways? I get that you're trying to make her feel included. But at the end of the day, what advice would she give you that would make any type of sense? She tells you to, to not get married um, and says something that I think is kind of hurtful. You went on to uh, a wedding believing it would be okay. Wow, she says. Oh, so you already think you're the one that's telling Memphis that this, this wedding is not going to be okay and it's not going to work out. So you're already going in with that preconceived notion. And now you're telling Memphis. And now I'm all about protecting yourself and do what you got to do and whatever makes sense for your relationship. But what you're not going to do is take relationship advice from the woman that abandoned you and you still have a tumultuous relationship with. Oh, and by the, let me not let me not talk about someone's mama. I'm just saying it was it was a weird call, in my opinion. She gets off the phone. And goes back in the room and says, can we talk? Are you done celebrating? Are you done? She says, they're doing all of this, y'all, for you. For you and your future husband. And you're going to ask them and have the audacity to say, are you guys done? Really? It's weird. It's weird. It's a little rude. But whatever. She really wanted to have this conversation because in my opinion, she was absolutely not prepared. And again, if this was something that was so important to you, then you should have made prior arrangements. But she didn't. So she wants to have the sister translate about the prenup, which is now going to be a postnup. And wants to explain to Hamza that this is something that he's going to have to sign after they get married. And it's the same conversation. Like, why are you thinking about divorce? And she's like, well, you might get to America and find a different woman. And he's like, no, I hate divorce. You know, I'm a victim of divorce. I saw, saw my parents go through it. And I don't ever want to go through that. I don't ever want to go through that pain or that hurt at all. I'm, I'm not for it, he says. Um, and she's like, well, you know, I need you to sign it to protect my kids. And I'm not going to get married if you don't sign it. And he's like, well, you know, are you marrying a paper or a woman? And the sister jumps on that too. Like, is the paper more important than my brother? Um, you know, she wouldn't stay with someone that didn't trust her and says to Hamza, you know, if I were you, I wouldn't let her force me into any paperwork that I don't want to sign. Sister's not impressed. She thinks this is too last minute, uh, right before the wedding. And she could have said it another way. And I was like, well, what other way could she have said it, really? Like, timing, yeah, I'll give her that. She could have prepared properly and earlier. She didn't. That's on her. But what other way could she have possibly said it? Having a pre-nup, post-nup conversation with anyone 
that you love is going to be a hard conversation to have. So how do you exactly, like what other way could you have said it? I don't know. I just, I was like, that's a weird thing to say because I don't think that the, she could have said it any other way. Sister says that Hamza is making, uh, excuse me, Memphis is making Hamza feel bad and that she only cares about herself and the children. And she's like, you know what? At the end of the day, if you don't want to sign, there's not going to be a wedding. Like, I just have to protect my kids that way. Sister gets mad. He cuts the whole situation short. He's like, you know what? I'll sign the paper. That's it. I don't want to hear anything about this again. I don't want to talk about it again. For your happiness, your happiness, he says, to Memphis is important to me, so I'll sign. And then I thought, because remember at the beginning of the season, I was like, he really just wants his green card, and he wants to come to America, get a job, and support his family back home because he feels like he doesn't have enough opportunities uh, where he is. But then he surprised me with like this very romantic gesture, and the proposal was romantic so then i was like well maybe he does love her but then i thought he's not making a big deal about the post net because i think ultimately his goal is to come to america so i don't know i i i mean and i've seen all the things that are present day and there's a lot going on you guys between memphis and hamza right now in real life um friday we'll talk about it in news and gossip but it's a lot. It's a lot. All right. Ben and Mahogany. My disclaimer is they suck. They're both idiots and they're wasted our time. And I didn't need to meet them in episode six either. That being said, second day at the resort, supposed to be romantic, but it's not. And it's a hot mess. Parents have shown up. Ben's MIA, the whole thing is just a mess. So Mahogany goes for a walk with her pseudo dad because I'm still not convinced that those are her, her real parents. They're it's like they don't know each other. Their their interactions are too non-familiar. You know, it's it, it's weird. Um, <clears throat> but I could be wrong. Could totally just be that's how they interact. So she's off for a walk with her dad. The dad's offended by Ben and he just thinks that Ben has been disrespectful, all the things. Mahogany is offended by Ben as well because she can't believe that he wants to talk to her parents privately and not with her. And so she's just confused by his behavior, she says. Um, She thought that by dating an older man or finding an older man that she would find maturity in Ben, but she doesn't know now. She feels like he's immature for not coming to breakfast, for like holding this full on tantrum. And the dad's like, you know what? You deserve more than Ben. He's too old for you. And I want the dad is saying, I want you to be with someone younger who has dreams vitality, energy, wants to experiment and experience life, enjoys the wonders of life. And then the dad says, you know, love online is difficult and usually doesn't work out, which I thought was interesting because we're in a day and age where everyone dates online and most people find their mates online. So like, I don't 
I don't know if that's necessarily a true part that it doesn't work out. Cause I know a lot of people that have actually found their spouse and have gotten married from someone they met online. So don't know. He gives um, a quote to her. He says, you know, wise is the son who listens to the advice of the father and mahogany believes all that and says, you know, Ben is different than the person she met online and she feels like if her parents still have concerns, then she is not interested in, in Ben right now. Were you ever interested in Ben? Because I didn't see it at all. I think you probably didn't really want to meet him in real life. You just were like talking and he was sending you money. You're like, cool. But he popped in and now you have to deal with it. And this whole situation is not making any type of sense. This this relationship, if I can call it that, I'm saying it very loosely, was a waste of everyone's time. Our time specifically, the viewers. So <clears throat> then they show Ben and here's what my note said. What is this outfit? He had this hat on and like the the string part was like choking under his chin. And then the sweater that he was wearing, like he was trying to be all culturally inclusive, but he just looked crazy to me. I just couldn't. I just, I just couldn't. Everything I know about Ben now, I just, I don't, I don't even know how to take him seriously, guys. Between him being a pastor or an ex-pastor and then all like his rants and raves and honestly kind of like being like a sex tourist and going after young, young girls that are the same age as his kid, then getting this DUI, then finding out that he has like a bunch of liens on his properties because he doesn't pay taxes, hasn't paid taxes since like 2010 or whatever. I'm just like, who is this, this, this was someone who led a church for X amount of years and was a youth pastor. Really? Anyways, what is this outfit? He feels like they're playing potato, potato, a game with each other. He feels like the parents are late because he stood up mahogany and the parents. And now they're running late. And so they're playing the waiting game. Um, so it's the war of time. <clears throat> but no, the parents are like, F you. We're done with you. We don't want you to be with our kid. And so I'm not going to spend one more minute spending any more time with you because you're a waste of time. Um, so Mahogany shows up with a letter from her dad. The letter is like, for Benjamin, for personal reasons, I cannot come today <laughs> that's it that's all bye sorry not sorry and um, in reality mahogany says that her dad thought it was disrespectful that he didn't come to breakfast and he's upset and doesn't want to talk to ben any further ben on his in his defense said i didn't know the parents were there I didn't mean to disrespect them. I didn't mean to stand them up, but I was, I text you that thousand page word text message 
and I didn't get a response. So then I just wanted to go for a walk and clear my head and okay, shut up. He just didn't think it was going to be a big deal. That's, that's the gist of it. So then he pulls out his unnecessary translator app because that thing irritates me because he will say something in perfect English and her whole, her whole, whole body responds. And then we listen to the app for what reason? She clear she, even her facial expressions when she smirks. Why are we like? Why are we holding up this facade that she doesn't speak English and that English is not her first language? I need to know why are we pretending? Why are we pretending? Because you really are insulting everyone's intelligence. You guys are acting like no one has traveled the world. And they know like the different accents and inflections and, and the things she says are so Valley Girl, Los Angeles, California, that it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. It... Anyways. They're talking through the hat translator app that they def definitely do not need. And we find out that one of the reasons why he didn't show up and he stood her up and ghosted her was because he says his words, he wanted her to miss her. He wanted her to miss him. This fool is 52 years old playing games, y'all. 52 that he was married for 20 plus years, has a bunch of babies, should know better, do better, act better. And he is playing games with a 22-year-old. I didn't show up. I didn't text. Or I, I sent you like a thousand-page text. But then you didn't respond. And you hurt my feelings. So then I decided that I wasn't going to come to breakfast. Oh, my God. What? Stop it. Stop it. <sighs> Mahogany was like, you know what? That was super immature. And she's not impressed by that either. Neither would I have been. And she's like, you know what? I just want to go. I didn't want to sit here and have any type of conversation with you. I was just dropping off the letter from my dad. He couldn't make it, so I'm going to go. So she leaves. He's like this. <clears throat> He's like this. She's not connected with me, but it is what it is. I'm just so disappointed because I felt God placed her on my heart. I traveled all this way. I risked my family, my money. She told you not to come. She said, don't come. Don't get on the plane. No, I'm not going to meet you. Oh, on my birthday, no, don't come. She has said, no, 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 this whole journey. So what part are you confused about? What part did God tell you that when a woman continues to say no, no, no to you, that you're just going to continue to pursue her like you're on the ID channel and like a true stalker? I'm confused by that. Uh, the God that I know doesn't tell you to stalk people. So they're checking out of the hotel after only two days, right? And those two days, you know, they had one fun day together, I suppose. Um, hasn't seen her, hasn't talked to her since that the time she walked away from him. And he goes and knocks on her door, click, click, click. Some dude answers. He has a moment where he thinks that she's with another dude and is cheating on him, but you can't be cheating on someone that you're not really in a relationship with, but whatever. The dude's like, nah, there's no mahogany here. This is my room. Don't know what you're talking about. He races downstairs because he felt like 
the three hour ride home, you know, it's a mandatory, which is alarming, by the way, the words he used, mandatory alone time where they could continue to work on the relationship because he still has hope. Um, <laughs> he doesn't think he's done anything wrong. So he's hoping to fix it. Lock the doors in the car and I'm going to drive with her and force her to be with me. But guess what? She's bounced. She's gone. Her car's gone. He can't believe that she actually left, but she did. She left that night. And so now he's stuck there. And all of a sudden, three hours to him is four or five hours away. And now he needs to get back to San Bar Barclo. Um, And he's mad about it because it's going to be a thousand souls, which is like 250 US dollars. And the front desk makes a big deal like, oh, it's going to be hard to get a car service all the way back there. But then, boom, the car service shows up in five seconds. So it really wasn't that difficult. So he finally thinks maybe it's time to call it quits. Well, you should have been done. You should have been done. We should have all been done. Saved us the hassle for all the nonsense. But you guys, when I saw the preview for next week where she texts him about love and whatever, and she goes in for a kiss. Listen, y'all, listen to me, really listen to me. If she decides that she wants to be with him after all of this nonsense, I will be truly 100% convinced that this was all BS. And I'll be madder than I am right now, okay? Uh, Crystal said, now, she could have at least said, deuces, find a ride home, though. But it probably wasn't a big deal because she knew production would get him a ride. Facts. On to last and certainly least, in my opinion. Now, you guys, I don't know if you guys have kept up to date and are knowing what's going on with, with Mike and all the things. He's very problematic. Okay, he's very problematic and he I feel duped by him. I feel like I was very protective of Mike in the beginning. He seemed like this like lonely loser who just was looking for love, was in his 30s and didn't have love around him. And I just really am a supporter of love and I feel like everyone deserves love. Uh, I felt like he had no experience and all the things. But this dude is the biggest con artist incel racist that we've seen can you imagine a season with two racists on it like for real for real and then to find out and if you guys don't know i need you to look it up because you're going to watch the rest of him completely in completely different eyes this fool is like a voyeur that's why it makes sense now that all the time she's complaining that he's staring at her, it's because he's used to staring at her because she used to be a video cam girl and he used to be one of her paying customers. And so he's used to just sitting in his room all alone, watching her on webcam and paying her for it. And now he can't believe that he actually got the webcam girl and he's still stuck in his webcam gross, leery ways. And he has no social skills and he's like creepy. All the things that she's saying, if you know the backstory, it makes complete sense now. And everyone wants to villainize her for using him. But guess what? 
he's the one that told her to stop working as a webcam girl and that he would pay because he didn't want anyone else to watch her. Anyways, it's enough tea for y'all today. Mom, sister, Amena, all in the room. The sister tells the mom about the constant fighting between Mike and Amena. Uh, sister says that Amena is being super tough on him. Um, and then Amena doesn't care. She's like, whatever, he's weird. And he sleeps in a different room. And the mom's super confused because she's like, I thought you guys were getting married. I thought you guys were getting along. He seems like a good guy. Um, Jimena's like, you know, I don't know if we're going to get married because marriage is sacred and it also gets you tied up. And I'm going to tell you, she does not want to marry him. She doesn't want to marry She can't even stand being around him. She just gives zero fucks about him. And it's showing more and more because the more needy he is and the more creepy he is the more she can't stand him right and so she's really deciding like hey listen this is not for me um Yeah, I'm not into it at all. She doesn't want to marry him. She tells her mom that he's super weird. He's a filthy person and he stares at me. And again, if you guys know all the things that we know about him now, it all makes sense. And I wish that a lot of that wasn't lost in translation because you guys would just see him so differently. You would see him for the creepy, creepy creeper incel that he is. Like down to the fact where she says that last week when we saw him having a tantrum in the kids' room and all of that, where and talking to the producers and crying, he actually off camera was punching himself in the head because he was so upset that he couldn't sleep with her in her room and have sex with her. It just it's all very creepy but if we if we could hear more from her you guys would see like oh a lot of this is getting lost because in translation because she doesn't speak english and he's putting out a narrative that's not true and even looking at the uh, sneak peek for next week where he's calling her the b word and all the things he's ch trying to change the narrative when really he's the one that has is problematic Yes, the way he snarls in the preview for next week shows the real him. Facts, facts. Go back and look at that preview. You'll see that the real Mike is coming out because guess what? What he wants, he felt like he was buying her and controlling the situation. And he was going to pay for her services for as long as he wanted to pay for her services. And that's why he was trying to lock her down in America so quick so he can come and isolate her in America. And guess what? she would have to do whatever he wanted because he was in control and he probably would have controlled the money. It's all, it's very, it's, it's very gross. You guys, it's really, really gross. <sighs> so anyways, 
The mom says to Amanda, talk to him. He's always there for anything you need for the kids and you can make a nice home with him. The mom, in my opinion, wants her to come up. She sees this dude that's throwing out money. They all live in that house that he has furnished and he does pay the rent on. So the mom's like, suck it up. He might suck. He might be a weirdo. He might be filthy and all the things. But guess what? He pays all the bills here. And we still want that money train to keep training. We still want that money train to keep rolling. We still want all our bills paid. Because she doesn't give a fuck about Mike. She doesn't care about how Mike treats her. She cares about the money that's coming into the household for all of them to benefit from. So go ahead and, and try to talk it out, mom says, um, <clears throat> because you will have a better life because this will will pay for everything and we'll pay for everything that includes us. Mike's all stressed out. He says Amanda hasn't changed her ways on how she treats them. Uh, he doesn't know what to think. She doesn't want to spend time with him. They've been together for over a year, he says. And I was like, really? I mean, together? You just met her the last time you were here. You used to pay her to be your webcam girl for the last 10 months. So can you really say that you guys were together in a relationship? You were paying her for her time. So you're surprised that she wants you to continue to pay her for her time? Stop it. So then... <clears throat> Mom notices the difference. She feels bad for him. She feels like Amena shouldn't be so cold to him. And I already told you why I think that because the mom knows that this fool has been paying everything lights on rent paid foods in the fridge all the things let's not bite the hand that, that feeds us so she says to Mike to be patient she's never been in a serious relationship so she has no idea uh what is it what it is to be like to be in one but neither has Mike who's never been in a serious relationship so neither of them if that's true, that she's never been in a serious relationship, neither of them knows what they're doing. So perhaps let's put the brakes on things and think about exactly how you met and perhaps that this is maybe not the best idea. I don't know. The mom says, just be patient with her. Communicate, the mom says. So... And these are her words. So you can see, no, excuse me. So she can see you're a good opportunity for her and the kids. Not, oh, you're a good man. Oh, not that you're a loving man. Oh, not that you're her soulmate. You're a good opportunity for her and the kids and vis-a-vis for me and my husband and my daughter and her cousin and her cousin and her cousin too. You're a good opportunity for this family. So go ahead and communicate all the weird stuff that you want to communicate to her and tell her all the things and make her listen to you because you're a good opportunity and we want to make sure this opportunity continues to stay in the family. (sighs) So stupid. Uh, Political Troll says, that scene from the season trailer where Mike freaks out, runs away and scales a wall coming up isn't it? He, we start, we saw part of it already this episode where he starts to run away um, in his yellow shirt. 
he runs away from the camera. So we did see the beginning of that. Um, C. Crew says, that's so sad. How could the parents use their own daughter for come up facts? And Crystal says, it would be a whole different show if the mom offers up the other daughter. His desperate bub butt would probably accept facts. I think both of them are ridiculous. I think they're both in it for the wrong reasons. I do, however, feel like her character has been villainized when really his should have been. And honestly, you guys need to really look at his history and some of the things that he's said and done and how they met, all the things. Like, he's a liar, y'all. He lies. And he's a sex tourist. And an insult. And all the things. Like, he just hasn't been honest with us this whole time. And he's trying to make her look like the bad person. And hit him being, oh, the innocent. I have no experience. I was a virgin the whole time. Nah, fool. We see you now. And all the things are coming out. Oh, and by the way, you're a racist. For real? For real, for real? Political Troll says, Jimena coming to the tell-all guns a-blazing. Listen, if you follow her on social media, she's been having her own tell-all and has been telling all, like all the business, all, all of it. She gives zero Fs about anything. She has been like spewing, spewing all the things. Anyways, they decide that they're going to try one more date night. Uh, they're in the car. He's being all pathetic. He's like, you're so pretty today. And what about me? And she says to him, you're the same. <laughs> he wants to work things out. So he's hoping that if they go shoot pool, they'll be able to talk and work it out. Um, and then he says to her, you know, I, I, your mom told me that you've never been in a serious relationship. So that explains a lot of stuff. And she's like, what? I've been plenty serious relationships. I just get bored. And here's the thing. They're trying to use this translator thing. And he doesn't, he speaks Spanish, y'all. He doesn't need the translator. He answers her before it even gets translated. It's just, all of it's either it's poor editing or like, let's just cut the translator nonsense out. They don't need it. Mahogany doesn't need it. It's just irritating. It's wasting time. So this two hours can be cut down to an hour and a half if I don't have to listen to you say the exact same thing over again through a translator where I already know you know what the other person said. We all know. Um, <clears throat> he asked her, why do you want to get married then? And she's like, because you wanted to get married quickly, but I really didn't want to get married right away. I was doing it because you were, you were making me basically. And then he's like, oh, well, your mom told me to be patient with you. And she's like, you know what? I'm young. I want to have fun still. I don't know if I'm ready to sacrifice my freedom. And so, like, I don't know if I want to even marry you anytime soon. They go start playing pool. And she's, like, shooting across the pool table. And he's following her around. She's like, stop following me. Stop following me. And he's like, oh, well, I'll teach you how to play pool. And I'm watching him play pool, and he can't even play. What are you going to teach her? Because you can't even play your damn self. 
Now you're just following her because you are that person. You are like up on her all the time. And she can't, she's 24. She's like, I don't need this. I don't need you to be up on my jock every five seconds because you're insecure and like a little dweeb. Like, no, just be a man and do your thing and, and give her space. And she probably wouldn't think you were such a weirdo. So then he's like, isn't it fun when we have fun together, just the two of us? And she says, no. No, because for me, my kids come first before you. And having fun with my kids is the best there can be. Mic drop right there. Mic drop right there. You know, you're not going to tell a single mom that her kids are not the most important thing to her. That's what you're not about to do. Sorry, Mike. Not sorry. So Mike gets all his panties in a twist. He's tired of the cold shoulder. He's tired of reading between the lines. He says, you don't love me. Uh, you say you need your space. And I can't help but think that your feelings change when I stop saying yes to buying everything. Well, yeah, fool, because that's how she's known you. That's how she's only known you for the last year. You paid to watch her. Then you didn't want her to be a cam girl. So you decided that you were going to pay for everything. So she said, okay, I'll stop working because you're going to pay for everything. And now you're wondering why her feelings have changed because you set up the dynamic of your relationship and now you don't want to pay for stuff, but you still want her to do what? And you're wondering why it's changed. And then on top of that, you're, you gross her out just by your gross little behaviors. And you don't have any social skills. And you're wondering why she's like looking at you side eyes. But you want to blame her and say, it's because you stopped paying for everything. You stopped buying everything. It was your idea. Don't forget that. You told her to stop working. And you would buy everything. So you surprised that she wants you to buy everything? <laughs> Stop it. <clears throat> She's like, you know what? What? You have things that I just don't like. And that's what changed my feelings, she says. And you still pay my rent. So it can't be that. <laughs> then she got mad because he was trying to like humiliate her in her, in her opinion which I think he was too, trying to make her seem like she was the gold digger when really he was the sex digger. She's like, that's fine. For now, this moment moving forward, we're just friends. Don't send me any more money. Don't help me. I'll pay for my own things. And by that, she means she'll go back to working and doing what she did. Um... So you keep your, you keep, you, you keep your money. We're friends. That's it. He's like, only friends? And she's like, yeah, only friends. Then this motherfucker, the cheap ass loser, non-respectful, non-man, incel, sex tourist, no good for nothing, says, okay, so anything I paid for, I want to take back to me, back with me to New York. Who says that in 2022? Anything that I bought you, I want to take it back. 
anything that I bought to you. I want to take it back to New York. She says, take it all. I don't need it. And I was like, bravo. Bravo. Because guess what? He's trying to manipulate you. He's trying to control you. with the. He thought he could control you with all the money and buying you. And he didn't think that you would say, that's fine, take it. He was hoping every time he ran amok and said all the stupid shit that he says, that you would be like, oh, it's okay because you really were hard up and he can control you by the money. But when he found out, when you put your foot down and said, no, go ahead and take it, we're done. He was shocked. And that's why next week, not only is he shocked, he's going to, the anger is going to come out because the person that he thought he bought, the sex that he thought he bought, the person that he thought he owned, he doesn't own her. And not only does she know he doesn't own her, she starts to stick up for herself and says, no, nah, that's what you're not about to do. Take it all. She says, I don't need it today. Our relationship is over and I'm serious. She says he gets up. I'm done. I don't know what I did wrong. And my mind is going crazy. He starts running. Producer asks her, you know, do you think you're going to regret this decision? She's like, I don't know. He runs away and he like runs into an alley and the producer's running after him. And that's where it ends. And I'll tell you this, that it's just going to get worse. Right? So ridiculous. Is he going to take the stove too? Go ahead and take the stove, take the couch, take all the things, Mike. Take it all. No one cares. Right. The pink couches. Right. Take it all. Good luck. Good luck to you. You're leaving in two days. See how that works out for you. So that was the show, y'all. And next week, the never-ending season is finally going to wrap it up and we'll get to a tell-all finally. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Don't forget to hit that thumbs up, you guys. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And uh, I'll see you all tomorrow. Bye for now. He's going to rent a shipping container. That's hilarious.